Hey, this is Greg Sanders. Thanks for listening today. It's our hope that this message will help you connect to God, grow in His Word, and serve the kingdom in a greater capacity. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Well, let me take a survey. I know we got a lot of people out today for spring break, but how many others in this room, you plan on traveling sometime in the next seven days with your family? All right. So a pretty, pretty good lot of us. Uh, a lot of you travel with kids before, and if you've taken your kids or your grandkids on a trip of any distance at all, uh, when you get a little ways down the road, someone from the back of the car or the van or what have you is going to ask a question, and the question is going to be what? Are we there yet? This morning, I'm starting a series that maybe you've answered before. The title of the series is this, Not Home Yet. Turn to your neighbor tell them we're not home yet. Did you know that living for Jesus is a journey? It's not a, uh, it's not a one-time, I go from, uh, from where I am to where God wants me to be. We are all on a journey with the Lord and... Part of this journey has different, uh, different effects on our lives. I want to talk about those the next few weeks. Uh, today, I want to talk to you specifically about living like a stranger because this journey that God has us on is going to cause you and I to function differently than, uh, than perhaps those around us. Have you ever been in a place where you felt out of place? You felt different? Maybe the way you spoke, maybe the way someone else spoke, maybe someone just said a simple sentence, and you could tell the moment they said that sentence that they're not from around here. Something about their accent, something about how they were dressed. Uh, I don't know if I've told you this story before, but I'll never forget when I was about 19 years old, I was on a camping trip with, uh, with, a fr- with a couple of friends of mine, and we were camping, and we were at the lake. We've been water skiing, and so we're in our swim trunks and tank tops, and, you know, we're in lake garb, having, a, having dinner at the campfire, and next to us comes this family of Mennonites. And if you are familiar with the Mennonites and what they believe, they usually are, you know, they're adorned. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but they look like they just step out of a little house on the prairie type video, right? The, the traditional hats and bonnets. And, and they, this family comes next, right up to the campsite next to us, and they are, they're having a picnic meal. Their little boy has a rope, and he's roping a, a little calf, and their daughter has some little dolls, and she's in a long dress and a bonnet. I mean, it just looks like Laura Ingalls has pulled up beside us. That's what's going on. And, and we're sitting here, and they do their thing, and they leave. And a buddy of mine who I'm with, he looks at me and says, you know, I've always wondered what they believe. Like, I really wonder, uh, what's their faith like? Is it, does it, is it close to ours? Like, what, I just wish I knew. I wish I'd had the guts to go ask them what they believe. But they were gone. We missed our chance. But like an hour later, uh, they were showing a movie uh, where the red fern grows at the amphitheater of that campground. And so we decided, this is before cell phones, we don't have internet or whatever, uh, so we have nothing to do. We decided to go to this amphitheater where they're showing this, this movie that we've seen a hundred times. And to our surprise, when we get to the amphitheater, it is packed out, full of people. And I noticed this family that had been next to us at the, at the campground, they were sitting right in front of us. So we watched the whole movie, and then there's like a, you know, a 15-second 
moment of silence before, you know, when the movie goes off, before the lights kind of come on so you can see your way out. And, and that family was right in front of us. I could tell from the hat and the bonnet and all this stuff. And so I, I whispered to my friend. I said, hey, here's your chance to ask them what they believe. And the minute I said that, the lights came on. And remember, we're in our swimsuits and tank tops. And we, the minute the lights came on, we realized that out of the 100 people that were there, we were the only three people that were not, that were not Mennonites. We felt extremely out of place. I mean, I started kind of, you know, covering myself. I was like, wow. I, I, was, I realized I wasn't home. I wasn't in my regular domain. I felt a little bit out of place. Can I tell you, as Christ followers, there's times when we're going to feel out of place in this world. Matter of fact, as Christ followers, there's times when we should feel out of place in this world. 1 Peter, we're looking through the book of 1 Peter uh, the next few weeks. And here's what he says about this. He says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to God's elect or God's chosen, strangers in the world and scattered people. I want to skip down to verse number 6. It says, in this you greatly rejoice that now for a little while you're going to have to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These come that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though uh, it's refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you've not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an expressible and glorious joy for you're receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of of your souls. We're going to read some more from 1 Peter later, but let's just take that to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, we thank you that we are on a journey whose destination is heaven. Its destination is eternity with you. And Lord, I pray that from this moment to that moment, as we travel with you, as we survive and even thrive as strangers in a foreign land, that's how you've painted the pictures for us. God, that we would not just honor you, But Lord, we would accomplish much for you on this journey. Help us to reach those who are around us who also need to be reached. Lord, I I pray this morning you'll help me to speak beyond my own ability the words of God, the words of God alone. And Lord, our ears, our hearts, and our minds to hear what the Spirit of God would say to us in this place today. And we'll all respond accordingly. And we'll give you thanks. Remember the room said amen. There's three words that the Apostle Peter uses to describe you and me. As Jesus followers. The first one I just read to you, it's the same word, just interpreted three different ways. And I don't know if one of these words will resonate more with you than the other. The first one I just shared with you, strangers. We probably all know what it's like to be a stranger. The other word he describes as God's people, he said, you're, you're strangers. He also says, you're foreigners. Most of in this room, we don't live our whole life. As foreigners, most of us in this room, I know there's two or three in the room today that this is not your story, but most of us, we were born uh, in the U.S. and now we live in the U.S. But he said, as God's people, he said, you're not, you're not native-born people, you're foreigners. And then he says, you're aliens, not as in E.T., not extraterrestrial, not, not that kind of alien, but you are a, 
you're someone who is not living in your homeland. Most of us have maybe had short stints of being a stranger or being a foreigner. Maybe you were deployed overseas and you know what it's like to have, maybe you're residing in one place, but you actually belong to another place. Do you understand that's the picture that God is painting of His people? We reside in one place, but we belong to another place. I reside in Cabot, but I belong to the kingdom of God. I reside in Arkansas, but I believe to, I belong to a greater state. I might be a person who is a U.S. citizen, but my king's name is Jesus. He's the one in charge of my life. I live here but I'm a stranger here. I remember when I was overseas one day on a missions trip, I was in the airport wanting to purchase some, some, some listening devices for the trip home, and most of the salespeople in the store were all speaking Spanish, and my Spanish is very limited, very limited. And, uh, and so I was waiting. I, I, this one salesperson, I could tell, I've been eavesdropping. I could tell this guy spoke Spanish. So I thought, I mean, sorry, spoke English uh, fluently. So I thought, I might get him to wait on me. So I went and began to engage some conversation. And the moment I walked up, he refused to speak in English. He only spoke in Spanish. <laughs> and so then I tried to speak in Spanish. And finally, after him being frustrated with my Spanish for three or four minutes, he said, this is not America. You need to learn to speak Spanish before you leave home. And I thought, I'm not home yet. I'm in an airport, but I'm not home yet. This, obviously, I was made aware that I'm not home and I need to act like I'm not home. Can I tell you, friends, we need to realize we're not home and sometimes we need to act like we're not home. If we fit in too easily in this world, that's sort of an indictment to us. We are citizens of a different country. We've not arrived yet. Our journey is not over. And walking, there are certain statements I'm going to make today I want to make sure you get and are okay with. Here's the first one I want you to get. Is walking in step with Jesus may cause us to be out of step with this world. And we need to be okay with that. So how... How can I live a life as a stranger, especially when many of us just feel so at home? Number one, you have to realize you're connected to a source beyond your own surroundings or your current surroundings. You know, one thing you need to know about 1 Peter is Peter is writing this letter in a time where the church of Jesus Christ is starting to experience persecution. They're starting to experience the, the heat, if you will, is starting to get turned up on the church. They're, they're starting to be ridiculed. They're starting to be persecuted. They're starting uh, you know, to, to be in trouble because they're speaking the things of God. And, and so living for Jesus isn't bringing them praise. It's bringing them problems. Can I tell you, we live in a day and age where living for Jesus isn't going to always bring you praise. Sometimes it's going to bring you problems, and you've got to say, bring on the praise because I'm living to please Him and not those around me. And so Peter's trying to tell the people, how can you survive as a stranger? And the first thing he says is you've got to realize you're connected to a source beyond your own source. You have power that's available to you through the resurrection of Jesus, found in verse number 3, 
that now lives in you. There's a term that's called born again. Many of us have heard that so, many, so often that we, sometimes I wonder if we hear something so much we lose its meaning to us. But, but Peter said, give, give praise to God who gave us a new birth. See, most of you, somewhere in your possession at home, you have something that's called a birth certificate. And on that birth certificate, it tells you that, that you were born at a certain time, on a certain date, in a certain county, in a certain city, but also in a certain country. And so therefore, you have native rights to exist, to live, and to thrive to that native place where you were born. I am a U.S. citizen today. I can prove it because I have a birth certificate that says I was born here. I belong here. I'm of here. But, but Peter says, do you have another type of birth certificate? He said, you've been given a new birth into a new world order. It's called the kingdom of God. And the moment Jesus came to your life, you are no longer just a person that belongs to this world. You belong to the kingdom of God. And all the power and rights thereof. In other words, when people attack you, when people try to detain you, when people try to shortchange you, they have to understand you and I, we have to understand, not that people have to, others have to understand, we have to understand that we belong to another kingdom. One of the reasons we got to realize this is that we don't lose heart when things of this world fall apart. Our source is not of this world. I, uh, did you notice in the news the last week, several banks failing around our nation today? There's a lot of, lot of debate. Is it going to be, resi- you know, is it going to be just uh, relegated to two or three spots or five or six spots or one type of financial institution or one size of financial institution or is it going to affect the whole economy? There's a lot of people that are debating on both sides of that. I, I don't really know uh, where, where it's going to fall out. I just know this. I'm glad that my source isn't tied on what humans can produce, what I can manufacture. Can I tell you that would be the most paralyzing, fearful way to live, to think that your entire existence and your future is based upon what you can do. Friends, I don't care who you are, how much money you have, it can all go in an instant. But what you have in God can never be lost or stolen or fade away. It's in Him and Him only that we have security. I like what Philippians says. It says that God will meet all of your needs according to His glorious riches in Jesus Christ. And that is not tied to any earthly condition. He can provide your needs in seasons of much and in seasons of lack. I like what the psalmist said. He says, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Part of the, part of the, the way we're going to live as strangers is when we get in our minds and in our heart 
that my living and my life is not dependent upon the circumstances of this world. My life is not going to succeed or fail based on the economy of the world, based on the condition of the world, based on what's going on in the world. My life is not built upon those things. My life is not built upon human understandings or human conditions. I like the song we used to sing in church a lot. It says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. Only when our lives are built on the things of God will they sustain the things of earth. Amen. we got to live as strangers in this world. Number two, we have to remember we live for a higher goal. We live for an inheritance, Peter said, that will never be stolen, cannot perish, it cannot be it cannot fade, but it's kept in heaven, in verse number 4. He's called us to be in the world, but not of the world. Well, pastor, what does that look like? How can I live in this world and not be of the world? How do I set my eyes on pleasing God when everything else, when people are trying to please other things and trying to conform me into their, into their activity or their way of living? You know, a great case study is a character in God's Word whose name is Daniel. Y'all know Daniel? Long before he went to the lion's den. Did you know Daniel was a captive? Right? Daniel's not living the life he's living in the place he's living. He's not in the king's castle because he came from a great family that gave him favor to be there. He's there because he is a captive of another country. But he's serving there as best as he can serve. And in that place, they're saying, listen, if you want to succeed... And if you want to rise to the top, and if you want to survive, and if you're going to be the best of the best, and you're going to thrive here, then you got to eat what we eat, drink what we drink, act like we act. But Daniel said in, in chapter 1, verse number 8, he said he resolved not to defile himself with the king's meat or the drink or the way they lived. And he asked permission. Listen, he said, I, I, I can't do what you're doing. He was being loyal to one kingdom while living in another kingdom. Did you know we have, to be lo- we have to be loyal to the kingdom of God while we live in another kingdom? And by the way, being loyal to His kingdom actually caused Him to thrive in the other kingdom. When you gave your life to Jesus, you did something. I'm not sure if you realize you did this. But you, you went from one value system to another value system. And all of a sudden, the value system of the kingdom of, of God has to rule over the value system of the world that we live in today. But here's the thing. Paul knew. Peter writes about it, but Paul writes about it as well in 2 Timothy. He says, I am convinced that what I trust to God will never be lost. In other words, when you trust God with your life, it's impossible to lose. We live in a world that tries to store up treasures of earthly things. You, you've probably seen bumper stickers or you've at least heard the thought 
that says, he who dies with the most toys wins. But, but Peter's reminding us that we're part of a different kingdom. Our value system is different. That's why Jesus said, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but instead stir up, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust can't destroy, and where thieves can't break in, and thieves can't steal, because nothing you do for God is ever lost. Number three, how do I live, for, how do I live as a stranger? Number three, you have to keep trusting that God is keeping you. I love verse number five. It talks about how we are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation. Did you know that God is keeping track of you? Do you know God is keeping watch on you? He's watching over your lives. You know, my wife and I have these apps on our phone, and I can click this button, and it shows me where she is at all times. And it's really helpful for me because sometimes I'm, I'm at home, I got our girls, and dad is a poor substitute for mom. And there's times when dad just ain't cutting it. And so I'll look, I'll, I'll, I'll tap on that app, and I'll say, look, girls, she's eight minutes away. And of course, they will Dad, look again. Okay, girls, she's seven minutes away. Okay, six minutes. Away. Like we, we watch her all the way till she's coming down our street. We're keeping watch on her because we're anticipating what she's doing. Can I tell you, this, without the help of an app, God is watching over your life. The Word says that He sees every sparrow that falls. And He's certainly watching you. If God knows how to clothe the grass of the field who's here one day and gone the next, He certainly knows how to care for you. And part of what we have to understand is though we are strangers in this world, God is watching over our lives. He, and He's watching over His Word in our lives to perform everything He promised to do. Number four, how do we live as strangers? We have to realize that our trials are temporary. I'm not going to ask you how many are in a struggle today or to define that for me. All I know is this, the trials of this earth have limited impact on your life. At some point, they're going to be over. It says in 1 Peter chapter 6, that though for a little while, say this with me, little while. How long is a little while? Can you give it to me in... Minutes, days, weeks. How many ever had a little while that lasted six months? How many ever had a little while that lasted six years? You ever had a little while last a decade? I have. But can I tell you, even in the little whiles of life, when you feel like a stranger, you feel like, man, I'm not sure if if this living for God thing is working, I can tell you in the little whiles of life, God will watch over His Word and He'll watch over you. I like that 
God reminds us through Peter's writings that what we're facing today is a passing trial. And I also like that the Word reminds us that temporary trials don't negate the promises of God. You know, there's a man in the Old Testament, his name is Joseph. He was a kid when we're introduced to him. He receives the plan of God in the form of a dream. He knows that somehow he's going to be a ruler over his household or a ruler for his people. He doesn't really know how that's going to happen, but he tells his father about it, tells his brothers about it, and they hate him for it. They hate him so much for it, his brothers sell him into slavery into Egypt. And here's the picture again. We've got a person of one kingdom living in another kingdom. And when the person of one kingdom is living in another kingdom, guess what? He has trial after trial after trial. And in these trials, it seems like every time he honors God, he loses instead of wins. It goes from worse to worse before it ever gets better. But here's what I find out. Here's what the Word of God tells us. is that the promise of God lasts beyond even the misuse of Joseph in Egypt. The promises of God will outlast the trial that you're going through this morning. See, I can live as a stranger. I can, I can, and, and sometimes living as a stranger means acting in some strange ways according to those around us. Joseph acted in some strange, strange ways. Potiphar's wife made advancements upon him. He said no instead of yes at his own detriment. That's kind of strange. He was sent to prison, and instead of just sulking in a corner, he rose to a place of leadership. That's kind of strange. Here's another thing trials do. They prove our faith is genuine. Trials also, the Word says, they purify our life. You know, if you're in a trial this morning, I would challenge you, don't give up. Don't believe that what you're facing is going to destroy you. But decide that while I'm in this trial for a little while, no, longer, no, long, how long, no matter how long the trial would be, that I'm going to let the Word of God purify everything that's in me. I'm going to come out of this trial better than how I went in. I want to come out of this trial with my faith more secure than when I went in. Did you know your faith grows strongest during trials? An untested faith is an untrusted faith. I know there's, a, there's a, a lot of talk in our world today, a lot of people doing this thing called deconstructing their faith, trying to figure out, is what I believe the truth? And trying to figure out, is what I've built my life on really, is it really what I think it is, or have I just accepted? A lot of people are going through this process, and through this process, some are walking away from faith. Some are finding faith for the first time. And a lot, of, a lot of people are leaving the faith because the deconstruction movement is actually it's being, it's being driven by an anti-Christ movement. But I can tell you, if, you're, if you live for God long enough, 
you're going to have a moment when your faith is tested. You're going to have a moment when everything you believed is questioned and shaken. And in that moment, if you trust the Lord, in that moment, no matter if, if life happens the way you expected it or not expected, in the moment, you're, you're going to be like Job, who says, I once had heard of him, but now I've seen him. I can no longer be talked out of what I've seen and what I've heard and what I believe. See, trials, here's the big thing you got to understand. Some people wonder, well, why would God ever let us have a bad day? Why would God ever let us have a trial? Why wouldn't He just, you know, give us an easy button we can just push and get out of this thing? Well, one reason is because trials are how we allow God to weed out our false idols and our dependency on other things instead of Him. So we have to discern that our trials are temporary and trust God through them. And number five, I'm going to close right here this, this morning. Living as a stranger requires us to keep our love for Jesus fervent. Listen about this, this fervent love for Jesus in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 8. It says, though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you don't see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an expressible, glorious joy. I want to reread that to you again. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe Him. I want to ask you to bow your heads this, this morning as we get ready to pray our closing prayer. Though you do not see Him now, you believe Him. All of us have been through life where it seemed like, seasons of life where it seemed like God was absent. It seemed like we couldn't see the hope we have in Him. We couldn't see the help we have in Him. We couldn't see the deliverance He promised us through Him. It's like everything we heard we could not see. But Peter says, if you're going to survive as a stranger in this world, you've got to learn to believe when you can't see. You've got to learn to love when you can't see. And if you love when you can't see and believe when you can't see, you're going to be filled with a joy that you can't find anywhere else. Well, Pastor, how do I keep this spiritual fervency? Well, I mean, the shortcut answers are you spend time with Him. That's so important. Spend time with His people, so important. Spend time with His Word. Invest in His mission. You know, it's easy when you're in a different environment simply to love what other people love, but I want to challenge you to keep your love for Jesus fervent even when it seems foreign. Matthew chapter 24 kind of expresses the natural tendency of all of us. Matthew, or Jesus said in Matthew's gospel, he said in the last days, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most people is going to grow cold. But as strangers, 
we have to make sure we're loving the right things. That we're more in love with Jesus than we are the wickedness around us. We're more comfortable in His presence than we are the presence of the world around us. So I just came to share with you this opening message this morning of this series to remind you today that you are not home yet. And that maybe this world has treated you like a stranger. Maybe it's made you feel like an outcast. Number one, if you feel like an outcast because you're standing for God, you are in very good company. Don't run from that. Don't, don't wallow in pity over that. But understand that there are many others who have felt that way. And just as God has been faithful to them, He'll be faithful to you. And maybe you're like, you say, Pastor, I know what it's like to feel like a stranger because I feel that way every day at work. I feel like that, that way every day at school. Maybe you're the only person in your home that loves Jesus or following Jesus. And maybe you feel that way at home. And maybe you wonder, well, is it even worth it? Is it worth to stand for God when I have to stand alone? And to you, I'll just remind you of the scripture this morning, that what you trust to Jesus is never lost. That as you are faithful to him, he will show his faithfulness to you in ways that can't even be imagined in this moment right now. You say, Pastor, I'm just not comfortable in this world I live in. That's okay. We're not home yet. We're not home yet, so stay in the journey. Today, this private moment, I ask you to bow your heads because i got two questions to ask. The first question is this. You feel like you're a member of this world, but you're not really a member of the Jesus world. You've never really chosen to follow Jesus. You've never surrendered your life to Him, which means He's going to be my leader. I'm going to follow Him which also makes him my Lord, which means he's in charge of what's right and wrong in my life, the direction of my life. Some people do one and not the other. It's both, Savior and Lord. Until so you say, Pastor, I need to start following Jesus. I've been trying to live for my own kingdom, live my own life, my own way. But today I need to, I need to give my life to Christ. I need to start following Jesus. Would you just lift a hand real quick? That's me, Pastor. Pray for me. Amen. This world has one thing it delivers, and it's not the help of the Lord. Secondly today, if you have sensed the pressure of life turn up, you have sensed the attack of this world upon you or your family, maybe you feel like, Pastor, every day I feel more and more like a stranger, a stranger in my own city stranger in my own world, a stranger in my own school. The more I stand up for God, it seems the more I discover I'm different from those around me. And I would just challenge you, don't be afraid to be different. But instead, focus on the Lord. Focus on following Him. And I want to close our service by praying for those of you that you said, Pastor, living for Jesus seems to make me more and more different. I'm praying that you would just sense the love and the smile of God on your life as you live for Him and you stand for Him. Father, I pray for our friends today, every person in the room. God, I pray that as they are loving you, serving you, devoted to you, Lord, as they are daring to be a stranger in this world that is familiar with everything except for Jesus, 
God, I pray they'll do so, Lord, with honor, but they'll also do it acknowledging, recognizing your face is shining on them. Give them, the, give them the continued boldness to walk for you, live for you, stand for you, serve you. Give them the, the, the continued courage to stand in the face of adversity and be Jesus. Be Jesus to those who are ridiculing us. Be Jesus to those who are curious about us. Lord, in all things, represent Jesus well because we realize we're not home yet. So on this journey, we want to challenge and encourage as many people as possible to join us in our following of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray today you'll bless the people. Lord, bless them and keep them. Let your face shine upon them. Give them peace and joy, both now and forever. In Jesus' name. If God's been good to you, would you give me a hand clap as we give this or as we uh, celebrate His word this morning? Hey, God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. If you're a first-time attender, we'd love to put a gift in your hands to say thanks for worshiping with us. We hope you have a fabulous spring break. We are having services Wednesday, so we'd love to see you Wednesday or Sunday. God bless you. Have a great day. Hello, this is Greg Sanders, pastor of the Assembly here in Cabot. I want to say thanks for listening today. If you're ever in the Cabot area, we'd love to have you join us for a service. For service times, check out our webpage at theassemblycabot.com. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a great day and God bless.